I hereby introduce to you, Mr. Michael Veazey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Very uh, exciting interview. We're kind of in the middle of with uh, Brian Johnson of PPC Scope and Sponsored Products Academy. And uh, it's blowing my brain. Uh, if you haven't caught part one, you really, really need to hear this. Not for any kind of marketing reason or anything, except you need to hear it if you're selling on Amazon and using sponsored ads or even about to, because there's some stuff that will blow your brain. That's all I'm going to say about that. But Brian, welcome <laughs> back. Now, having blown our brains with some, some principles and some basic... Um, outlines of how things work, which I always think is really important before we leap into how do I do it? Well, let's get into the how do I do it thing. So uh, how do we go from wasting tons of time and stressing out to getting this thing to work? Because uh, obviously it's a hugely complex area. Can you break it down for us? How do we, first of all, uh, avoid the big mistakes? We talked about this before, but I think it's worth reiterating. What, what would you say are the one, two or three biggest mistakes you see people making with PPC on Amazon? So sponsored ads. Okay, so probably the biggest mistakes has to do with how they structure their campaigns. They don't set it up for um, success and, and being able to actually control it. They set it up thinking that they can just turn it on and let it go. And so oftentimes they... Yep. Great. So no, I was just going to say, so forgive me interrupting, but that, so the, the golden question is then, how should I structure my campaigns? And you mentioned before right. in, in the last episode that sometimes people <laughs> split it up by exact match, broad match and phrase match in different, different campaigns. And I think you mentioned that that's not a great idea. So can you first of all expand on why this is a bad idea before we look at what you should do instead? Well, I think it's, it's, it's a case of shortcuts. So one of the exercises that I did recently um, on, a, on a plane flight is I took the time to just completely unplug from technology and just think about if I could only teach one thing about PPC, what would it be? If I could only teach two things, if I could only teach three things, like, like, like literally like somebody only acts on that one thing and then they just ignore anything else that I tell them. What's the one thing that I would tell them? Um, as, far, as far as an action step goes, if, if you're absolutely not going to do anything else with advertising on Amazon, then, then an absolute minimum, I would probably structure an automatic campaign with a very low bid, like a 30 cent default bid. And I would separate any, any uh, product variations I, I have. I would separate those into their own ad groups within the automatic campaign. Bidding very low, you you it's, it's hard to not be profitable on that for most products. And you're using an automatic campaign, so you're handing over control over to Amazon to show the ads on your behalf. Um, so that's assuming that somebody doesn't even take the time to go in and actually do any additional work as far as tuning their, their campaigns or optimizing or actually reading any advertising reports. If they just turn on, let it go, automatic campaign, each product is separated in their own SKU within that same automatic campaign and a very low bid, like 30 cents as a default bid. And chances are that'll probably work for you. You're not going to get very many sales. Um, you're certainly not going to have enough sales in order to impact your um, organic positioning, but you could probably make a little, you know, a few extra sales um, every single month if you did just that one thing. Now, if you really want to do it, then it's very important that you set up a proper campaign structure so that you can not only read how the audience responds to the ads for each of your products separately, um, as in being able to read, read, you know, as far as being able to read the search terms separately for each product, and then so, actually being able to do something about it. As far so as a couple of questions. 
so sorry to interrupt i'm just trying to leap in before uh, we, these points escape because a couple of really important questions about that first of all uh one of the traditional ways that i've been taught and i have to say i've sometimes worked with others trying to teach them is that you set up an auto campaign with a high bid like two dollars a click and then drop it down in order to buy rank right. would you think that that's a bad idea well, so the high-low technique is something I actually came out with two years ago, and it actually has gotten a lot of legs in, in the community. Um, it, sometimes people, they don't, <laughs> they, they, they kind of look at it and say, oh, that's a great idea, I'll go ahead and do that. But then um, sometimes people completely miss the second step. That's kind of where I was thinking about if I could only teach one thing, because there's there's a number of sellers who just either they get too busy or they just, they don't go be off the, off the title. Um, and I, and I can't tell you how many times I've seen it where somebody has turned on and they're like, oh yeah, I did this auto high campaign. You know, I set it for five dollars, and um, you know, and, and when should I, you know, when should I look at it? You know, it's like, well, you know, you ran it for one day, two ways, right? They're like, well, no, I've been running it for about a month and a half. I'm like, oh geez, <laughs> you know, it's like they're like, yeah, you know, I've I've, I've probably spent over six hundred dollars and I haven't gotten, and it's like you haven't even touched it. You know, they've gotten like one conversion. They spent six hundred dollars in advertising because they just they turn something on based off of a suggested title of, a, of an approach, and then just let it go. So it's like if if you're if if you're the type of person who you know doesn't go through and and, and you know go through the checklist. That's one of the things I absolutely had to do in this course. I wanted to make sure that I had full check checklist workflows. You know, step by step at both a simple level and more advanced level um, to really cover a more broad audience than just saying no more one size fits all kind of solution because of cases like that where they go, oh, I just turned it on for a month and a half at you know five dollars you know click. <laughs> you know? I think you're right. I mean I think in the Amazon echo chamber is a bit long like a Chinese whispers chamber sometimes. Like you put something out there which has this, this and this caveat or it's part of this structure and then it just gets removed from context and just turned into something terrible. So um yeah, so the, the very important thing to reiterate then for those who are short attention span and you can't be bothered, which I mean, sometimes it's me because running a business can mean you split 50 billion different ways. Fair enough, but do not do anything except put your Amazon auto ads campaign on, put 30 cents a click uh, bid and have a separate product in each um, ad group. So if you're going to be lazy, that's the way to do it, right? Exactly. If you're only going to do one thing, then I would say that's that's a safe approach. Brilliant. Now. So what if we're going to do two whole things then? <laughs> what if we do instead? <laughs> so two whole things is where I'm going to shift over to the manual campaigns. So, um, of course, I do teach different strategies. For people who are actually going to follow through a process and a system to really uh, to accomplish their advertising objectives, first of all, I mean, that's, that's, that's probably one of the biggest things that people don't have is they don't have an advertising objective other than, well, I just want to have my product showing up on page one because I turned on you know, my 30 cent bid, you know, on advertising. It's like, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't have that much of an impact. Advertising um, only affects probably 10 to 15% of your overall sales, which for most organic product positions is not going to have enough of an impact to really push you higher than maybe one or two competitors ahead of where you're at right now. Okay, so that's something else I want to just, just pick up and sort of underline and highlight. You, you just said another really important thing. Advertising only affects 10 to 15% of sales. Is is that yeah, your experience general, from your data? Yeah, that's the, I mean, I would say, um, you know, in some cases it's higher, you know, it's up in the, the, the 20% range, but 
uh, across most of the campaign or most of the accounts that, that we monitor, we take a look at uh, for clients and for students, what we find is um, it's not uncommon for 10, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20% of your gross sales come from advertising. That would be kind of an expected normal range. But okay. the way that it's treated, people think that it's going to double the amount of units that they're selling. Now, if they're only selling one unit a day organically and they're on page 10, then yeah, advertising is probably going to help them get to page you know, six, page five. But what they're hoping for you know, wishful thinking is they're hoping that like, okay, I'm on page 10. I just launched my product. How do I use advertising to get on page one? Like, what's the one thing I need to do? It's like, well, there's no one thing that's going to do that. <laughs> you know? Okay. Well, that's very, very revelatory as well. That's, that's another mind blowing number and you've got the data to back it up. So this isn't some speculation yes. on a Facebook group. No, 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 I've been doing this for two years. So. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. This is why this is just absolute gold. This is why I hope that a lot of people are really listening and taking this seriously because they need to hear this. So that means, okay, a stupid objective for an advertising campaign is to leap you onto page one from page 10. What is a good objective to have for an advertising campaign then? Or Without a doubt. Yeah, it would have to be to learn who learn the audience so that um, you can position your product. Um, learning the audience again is going back and actually identifying what are the search terms that are showing up, that, are, that people are searching for, that are showing your ads, that ultimately bring a shopper into your listing as well as convert to a sale. Um, because if you don't know specifically the terminology that you're, the audience for your specific product is using, how do you target it? You know, you're just guessing based off of what some other competitor has in their title, which may not, which is certainly not a good strategy for your own product. So I just, once again, I just want to flag up and, and reflect back, make sure I'm getting this because this is another mind-blowing moment. So the objective of, of advertising is not only not to make sales that much more, maybe a 10 to 20% increase, is not even to get big sales rank of what you're saying, because if you can go from page 10 to page six, it's not gonna make most of us rich, right? So the objective isn't sales and it isn't even rank, which is the mind blowing bit for me, but it's it's purely learning really then, or mostly learning, is that correct? Well, it's, it's part, it's, it's an objective, it's not necessarily the goal. So the goal would be to say like, okay, how do I get my product onto a very onto page one, page two for, for keywords that convert? Well, the precursor or the, the prerequisite to that is the advertising objective of learning what your audience is. Again, that absolutely requires a proper campaign structure in order to, to accomplish. But if you can learn the terminology that your audience is using, and you can focus the content um, and, and of your product listing to target that audience that you know converts, then you're likely to have a much higher organic uh, search position, especially if you're if you if you uh, strategically or tactically uh, select those search terms that convert well for your product but have the least amount of competition, you have a much higher chance of positioning your product onto page one or page two for more of a niche audience. Rather than trying to go against these 800-pound gorillas that you're competing against, you're, you're focusing on just what converts well for your product and you're, 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 you're winning very well in these, these smaller niches rather than saying, well, I need to go for the, you know, the, you know, the Donald Trump Tower kind of, you know, effect. <laughs> you know, yeah, something he wants big. To be Donald yeah. Trump these days. I mean, uh, 
it, he, he was kind of fashionable for about 10 minutes but yeah anyway let's let's not get into that but um so look the whole thing you're saying is if, if i understand in thinking in sort of strategic terms if you think about position and conversions your goal may be to get on page one but even then the nuance which is not really a nuance but some people miss still is it's not about being on page one so you can brag in the pub about it it's about being or a bar in a states do you guys have pubs in the states i guess you have bars yeah. but so it's not about bragging rights. I'm on page one. It's on page one. Four keywords that convert. That's one thing I want to flag up. Exactly. But the other thing you said uh, that's so important, I think, is is the structure of advertising or its function within our overall strategy, which is, so what you're saying is the goal is to get on page one. The way we're going to get on page one is through organic, organic stuff happening, not really directly through the advertising. But what the advertising does is enable us to learn which of those keywords we need to, to tune our listing to. Is, is that a good summary? Yeah, it, it absolutely is a summary because there's a lot more detail, a lot more um, you know, step-by-step uh, -step methodology as far as like how you accomplish all of that. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Is it, um, if we actually want to win at the organic race, if you, if you will, get a highly positioned for terms for keywords that convert well uh, by positioning our product organically, then that's going to result in probably five to six times the number of sales that we're going to have just from advertising alone because okay. we position our product organically very well. So tell me about the but way we can do that. Yeah. Unless we learn who the audience is that actually, you know, searches for and buys our product. Absolutely. So, so tell me about more about this word positioning, which again is, is, is so interesting that you're coming back to, as I guess any good business person would, but some fundamental principles that are outside of the normal Amazon echo chamber where it seems like people have tried to suspend the rules of, of business. And of course it doesn't work that way. But so the word positioning is incredibly important in traditional marketing. How does that apply within Amazon and specifically within the Amazon ad space? Okay. So as far as product positioning goes, it really has to do with using what we learn from the advertising. So part of the campaign structure that um, that, that I teach and, and um, I believe we have the the uh, the like the checklist or the process map available for that um, when it comes to campaign structure is we set up the campaign structure properly so that we can use the advertising to identify you know when when shoppers are searching for products. We can actually segment that into, let's say, let's say we have five different products. We want to make sure that we know which search terms actually feed into each product, not just into the product group. And for each product, what we're trying to ultimately do with our advertising is identify maybe five to ten of those search terms that draw the uh, the audience into our listing, get them in the front door of our shop, right, and then ultimately convert for that specific product variation. And once we identify five to ten of those for each of our products, then we can say, okay, where do I want to place, uh, what's the best position uh, on the organic search results for product number one that converts really well for these five search terms, for instance. And you may look at it and say, you know what, search term number one converts really well, but there's a million competing listings out on amazon.com, for instance. Um, you know, or 5,000 on, you know, 50,000 on, you know, .co.uk, right? So the challenge is then it comes down to assessing what the competition is for each of those search terms and making a decision. Look, 
I know that I convert really well for this product for five of these search terms, but only two of those really have a low enough amount of competition that I have a chance of actually getting a high organic position if I start targeting my uh, my product, my, my the content of my product listing, title, back in search term, or, yeah, back in search term fields, title, bullets, description, in order to position for a search term that converts well yet has a, a lower amount of competition organically gives me a much higher chance of uh, positioning more highly, page five, page four, three, two, one, hopefully, for those niche search terms that we know convert well for that specific product. Okay, so just to reflect this back then, so again, it comes down to clear objectives, which I think obviously there's a heck of a lot of things that must go into doing this. I mean, I'm realizing more and more how deep this rabbit hole goes, but just to be clear about what we're trying to achieve in the first place with our, our sponsored ads, uh, you're saying really it's it's two-part uh, objective. First of all, we want to find the five to 10 words, and, and I guess this is an average, but it's not bad to have sort of rule of thumb five to ten words that actually convert keywords that convert but also then out of those we're then funneling we're filtering down to maybe two or three that convert well and we can rank because of the competition so they're two it's a two-part process on the big pictures right. is, is that right yeah and, and actually it even goes even more than that of course because there's other things that um there's a there's a secondary amazon um advertising platform that we can take advantage of also which we haven't even talked about but then you figure is it it's not enough just to have a profitably running campaign because there's frankly there's a lot of times what we have is in the advertising is that there's going to be certain search terms that convert profitably for a product through the advertising that's awesome that's great you know expand on that as much as we can right but then we're going to have some some search terms that convert for our product but they're we're losing money when it comes to advertising they're not profitable because they're too expensive we don't have the right conversion rate etc but we can learn from that still and say but if i position my product organically for that keyword even though it's not profitable on my advertising if i can get a higher you know, organic search position, then I can make up for all the sales uh, on, uh, you know, that, that may not be profitable on advertising. I can make up for it by positioning my product higher organically for that particular search term. Okay, that so, makes sense. So it's, it's not primarily, so in other words, if we get some profitable sales through pay-per-click, that's a lovely bonus, but it's not the primary objective. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's becoming a point where, the PPC used to be, you know, two years ago, even even last year, it used to be simply just a method to um, get additional sales. That was the focus on how do we make our, our our ad campaigns profitable. But it's become that much more critical that we know how to do the advertising, be so that we can learn who our audience is and actually affect our organic ranking, our our product position, as well as future product sourcing decisions based off of what we learned from the advertising. If you're not losing, if you're not using Amazon's own advertising platform, then you're running blind as far as what's going to work for your product and how to position that well. You're probably struggling saying like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm doing everything that everybody's taught me as far as product promotion. You know, as long as Amazon doesn't take away incentivized reviews, I should be fine. Well, <laughs> obviously, you know, <laughs> that changed um and so it's it's you know this year it's 
I, I don't know how I don't know how sellers are going to survive if they don't get their head around who their audience is. And the only way that I see to do that, I mean, certainly you could drive external traffic from AdWords and Facebook and you can learn things about it, but it's not going to be the same as using Amazon's own advertising platform and getting that direct feed as far as what the search terms are that people are actually using. So tell me, to, that ties in very neatly, then coming back to the idea, if you're looking for five to 10 keywords that convert, and then you're looking for two to three that convert and the competition is manageable so you can organically yep. rank eventually, right? So now tell me about this whole keyword stuffing approach and presumably, uh, you know, for what you're saying, stuffing like every possible keyword that anyone could ever find your product forever it is not a wise idea in the context of trying to rank for specific keywords, right? Yeah, so it, it used to work. Um, even so, before uh, before June of 2016, this is something that I certainly taught um, my my uh, my I, I taught to my students and my mastermind, my private mastermind group, is the. The changes that Amazon made in the middle of, of 2016 definitely changed its focus as far as how it reviews relevancy and matching when it comes to content matching when it comes to uh, a product listing compared to um, keyword advertising. Okay, so the biggest change has to do with Amazon previously focused in on broad match uh, or broad matching. That's where they take individual words and it's like you got a word in your title, you have a word in your backend search term fields, you have a word in your description, and they piece them together and they match up the phrase of the search term that the shopper made. Okay, that's close enough of a match. Let's show your ad. Amazon's not willing to do that unless it's desperate now because Amazon switched over to a blend of phrase match and broad match. Phrase match where they're saying if you have the same search term that the shopper is using, in your content, then that qualifies as a phrase match. And, a and somebody who actually is targeting a specific phrase, not just individual words pieced together, but an actual individual phrase, then it's gonna, more, Amazon's more likely to show your ad compared to other advertisers. Because you're targeting a specific audience, again, you gotta know your audience to do that, you're targeting a specific audience, therefore Amazon's gonna reward you for targeting that specific audience. And the way the, the content fields, you know, the, the metadata, the, the content fields that organic uses is different than what sponsored uses. And those flipped last summer. They both use okay. title. Right. <laughs> the organic <laughs> primarily uses the backend search term fields now. And the advertising primarily uses the bullets and description fields now. Most people oh, are not wow. even aware of that. I had you know, no like idea. So they were, they were up to date on that as soon as it happened last wow, year. Wow, wow, that's interesting. So <laughs> tell us more about the implications that. of that. You know, I had no idea. And like I said, I'm in a mastermind with, with about, uh, I don't know, 16 other sellers in the UK and um, that some of them are doing pretty good numbers. I mean, so I, this yeah. is not a widespread knowledge, uh, even amongst the people who would you'd hope would know more. So. Tell me a bit more about so oh, where the hell did you start there? So <laughs> so okay, organic um, positioning mm -hmm. is ranked on different parts of the product listing overall than PPC. I'm just getting my head around this. Okay, yeah. so what does that imply in terms of what we need to do if we find through our PPC campaigns that say we've got let let's take a concrete example because abstraction kind of can go drive you a bit nuts after a while. Kind of let's take <laughs> sure. a lighter. Okay, so yeah. I, there's maybe it's not a good example. 
um but i okay let's take a, a buyer a, a pen so you can call this a pen you could call it a buyer you could call it a blue pen you could call it a plastic blue pen plastic blue biro such things right let's say we've got a few of those keywords that convert well and maybe two of them i, I managed to go for thin blue plastic biro because it's quite you know uh long tail and there isn't so much competition uh no wonder it doesn't look very exciting but let's take that as an example so what would i need to think about when i'm doing my ppc and what would I be aiming for with my organic and how do I tie those two together? Okay, so part of that has to do with, let's say for instance you learn from your advertising because you set up a campaign structure that um, brings in the advertise, you know, brings in or actually has Amazon show the ads well for your products. You know that that particular product that you were just holding converted or, or brought in uh, shoppers into your listing and converted really well for thin blue Plastic pen, was that it? Okay, so thin blue plastic pen. Now, you have a number of uh, another words that can fit in there. Plastic pen by itself, for instance. Okay, well, if I convert for thin blue plastic pen, I probably also convert for plastic pen, which is probably true also. But let's say you convert for plastic pen, for pen, for blue plastic pen, for and also for thin blue plastic pen. For So four different search terms will say convert for your product. Now, if you go back out there, you may see that, okay, pen has um, has a million competing results for it, probably does on Amazon. Um, you're very unlikely to get anywhere close to page one. You're probably gonna be, you, you, it's probably gonna be tough for your product to get onto page 20 because of the amount of competition of your one specific niche product, right? But you'll find is that the more targeted you get with targeting your audience, the more specific search terminology um, tends to be with long tail, but you don't know that until you actually do the keyword research, is you're likely to have less competition on a more targeted term like thin blue plastic pen. The challenge on that is that it depends on the specific search term because there's, there's other things like um, like maybe blue plastic pen, you would think would have less competition, but maybe one of these keyword research tools out here said, oh, that one gets you know a billion searches a day, and therefore everybody's trying to target it because they're relying on a third-party tool to tell them how many people are actually searching and what are considered buyer keywords. Um, the only way that I determine what a buyer keyword is what actually converts to a sale through my advertising because that's the only feedback system that Amazon actually gives us to tell us what actually converted. Everything else is speculative. So in a case like in organic versus sponsored, I might be able to convert very well for all four of those you know, variations on that search term for the blue, thin blue plastic pen. But I might only position my product that has the least amount of competition for blue plastic pen, for instance. And okay, I might have a much higher chance of getting ranked higher for that one because it has it converts from my product, yet the competition is not so great that it blocks me from ranking high. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, just in, in sort of more pragmatic terms, coming back from the sort of principles, the abstract sort of level down towards sort of actions, what if I want to rank my my listing for say only three or four keywords, if that's what you're saying, if that's what I'm really targeting. Um, then how can I do that? Presumably I can't just kind of write the word thin blue plastic plan 
all over the listing and hope that that works. No, true, true, true. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. We used to think that like duplicating words was a bad thing, but we really haven't seen. We've been we've been monitoring this for a year and testing things. We haven't really seen any positive or negative effects from it, from duplication. Um, that was a big no no. It's like oh, you know, in your back end search term fields, don't don't duplicate the same word again and again. Yeah, I don't teach that anymore. Um, there's there's specific things that I do teach as far as what content is you put in the back end, uh, but primarily focusing on phrases is signaling to Amazon that you're trying to target a specific audience. And they're going to reward you for that, assuming that your product is there's 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 a couple of tests that I teach as far as how to determine whether or not how relevant your that Amazon considers your product for a specific search term compared to. Um, the you know the where your product resides in as far as the categories in, and that kind of relevance has to be there in order for you to match up, uh, in order for, to get the match. The Amazon is going to say the content of your listing is clearly targeting the search term that's being used by the shopper, and your product is is in the correct category for that search term. That's kind okay. of the, <laughs> that that makes that, that makes basically sense now. We're talking. We're getting into a lot of nitty gritty and, and sort of some of the abstract things because I think this. If you don't understand the fundamental principles of what you go right. into, you aren't going to understand how to drive the machine. You know, um. So it's like getting in a car and wondering about the gear stick and how to change gear, which is really, really, really important. But it actually it is in the UK. I guess you guys all drive uh, automatic, don't you, in in, in the states, but. I think uh, if you don't know the basics of positioning and braking and where you are relative to other road users, you're going to crash and burn. So nevertheless, there is a structured process to this. Now, in case anyone's yeah. brain is feeling really, really blown, I'll just point out that that Brian and his team have thankfully produced a cheat sheet for us, which we'll have at amazingfba.com forward slash Brian J. So B-R-I-A-N for November, J for Johnson as is his name and uh so if you want to get that then you better head yourself over there now because if i were listening that would be where i'd need to have something yeah, absolutely. pretty simple to go with but brian um tell us in in a sort of nutshell what that sort of basic process is just give us the high level overview and then people could download absolutely. it and have a look for themselves so there are um there's about six phases that I teach in total um, to students. This particular cheat sheet goes through the most the, the most critical three. It, it's, it's a summary view of the most critical three phases, um, starting out with structuring, you know, creating your initial campaign, setting these up for success so that you have your you have a discovery campaign that you use in order to uh, for new product launches that you set you set up in order to identify, okay, what's the competition like for this particular product and, and the keywords that or the search terms that go along with it. It does provide an initial set of search terms that you can use in your advertising. However, uh, Amazon does a very inefficient job of keyword research compared to what you can do on your own. That's where we get into some of the secondary campaigns that you would set up specifically for the purpose of researching a lot of keywords that we want to test against our product to see which ones does Amazon consider to be most relevant for my product and therefore is going to show my ad for and ultimately lead to conversions. Most of the time, we, we a, a seller might turn on automatic campaign. Amazon's only going to focus in on you know, 20, 40, 60 search terms at any one time for a specific product. And 
unfortunately, that may not be the, the, the 20, 40 or 60 search terms that actually convert for your product. It could be just related to, you know, the audience that might buy your product. And so a lot of times what we need to do is we need to do our own keyword research, which is what the, the next like manual campaign is going to be for keyword research. And that is to conduct our own keyword research that is directly relevant to the product so that we can try to target, start targeting an actual audience who's searching for our product. And then the third campaign in that setup process is going to be more for the converting or profitable keywords. This is where we set up a high performance campaign. It's that high performance campaign that meets the key metrics that the sponsored algorithm wants that we're playing into. So we start out with assessing who our, what our competition is, what the marketplace looks like from an advertising standpoint. Then we move on to uh, researching as trying to identify as many keywords and search terms that are directly relevant to our product. And then once we learn about the audience and once we learn what those keywords and search terms are, then we can move over and create our high performance campaign that then plays into the ad auction, the Amazon sponsored algorithm, which, which is an ad auction. And the better job that we do at that, the higher our ad will show up relative to our competitors and the lower our cost per click will be relative to our competitors. Meaning it is when you, when you actually set up that high performance campaign correctly, you're able to have your ad position show higher than a competitor who's paying more cost per click than you are. Excellent. So it's a bit like you're getting Google with uh, getting the quality score higher. If you are exactly. smart about, again, I guess it's a lot of it's message to market match, that good old fashioned. If you're in a room full of cat owners and you have the best dog food in the world, it's still kind of a waste of time. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I often actually refer to it as it is very similar to, to Google's quality score. That's very interesting. So, so basically, you've got three sort of campaigns. So you're going through campaigns with very different, again, talking about objective, clear objectives. You, you are got to be patient these days and not just go, I'm going to run some ads, let alone automated ads at $5 a, a click. I think we've established that that's a disaster, but uh, that we're not going to go straight for profit, but we're going to go have a discovery campaign where you're finding really the words, you're getting away rid of the, the inefficient keywords research and finding what works then the second campaign which is more targeted and the third is the high performance where you're actually going to actually try and get yourself ranking and, and making yeah, profitable sales. Your laser focus yeah your laser focus what what do you call the second campaign what's that function because i'm not quite research. clear about how that works that's the research yeah, the first one yeah first one i call discovery that's my automatic campaign um and that's just mostly just to assess what the competition is, is like i typically don't run that for a long period of time I'll usually start out with maybe a higher bid, but then I'll drop it down to, I think it's by like 30 cents after, uh, after a few weeks. Um, it becomes a very secondary campaign. Okay, so you're quite aggressive with that initially, but only for what, two weeks or something like that? Yeah, two to four weeks tops. Um, I mean, I, I get, you know, there, there's different tactics you can use on this, um, but it's primarily for when you're starting out in a, in a product that you're not familiar with. A lot of times we source products that, that are opportunities uh, for us, not because we are very familiar with the product. Um, it's just an, it's an opportunity for us to source it. It's not necessarily because we know uh, exactly what terminology is going to be used for it, nor how you know, competitive it is. So that 
that discovery automatic campaign is simply just to kind of get a feel for what's the bid range that I can expect for this product. What are some of the initial search terms? But I know that I'm not going to rely on that automatic campaign very much. Amazon does a better job of pulling, of showing your ads to a related audience, not targeted on, on uh, you know product relevant keywords, and therefore it's best to. You know, get the initial information as far as what the product, what the competition is like, and then set it aside, as in set it to a much lower bid. Let Amazon do its thing as far as pulling in, you know, showing your ad for those impulse buy shoppers. But then you use the keyword research campaign, a manual campaign, to really to tell Amazon, show my ad for these keywords. And I'm not afraid to go thousands and thousands of keywords to test. Amazon's only going to show a small set of those, but I don't know which one that wants to show yet until I give them all the keywords that I can possibly come up with. Okay, so you believe in testing thousands, but then what do you do then? You only take the ones that win into your high-performance campaign. Correct, yeah. Yeah, because Amazon's really only going to show your ads for a small piece of that, but we don't know which piece that is until we just you know flood them with options. Very interesting. So I've heard um, bad things and good things about either approach, like either the scattergun flooded with thousands of options or the other way you just focus in. But I guess that's because I didn't understand the strategic process uh, of. So what you're doing is basically both, but at different stages of the game. So you have a, a, a campaign that you just chuck a load of stuff out there and you let Amazon do the numbers and the numbers tell you. And then you come back with those numbers and create your own actual thing uh, campaign that's going to drive ranking and ultimately some sales is, is that the approach yeah that's pretty much the approach and, and, and then ultimately what we're doing is we're using the ones that that meet our criteria to fit into the high performance campaign and actually move those over to the high performance campaign so that that campaign by itself is uh, both profitable and performs at a high level uh, when it comes to ad placement and cost per click and so then we're actually that higher performance campaign is really where we can make money. You know, we, we can be profitable off of our advertising. But really, the the research campaign we've already learned by running the research campaign, we've already learned what we need to do in order to position our product organically. So we're already gaining wins organically. Now we're also creating our advertising uh, profitability. And in a later phase of this, we shrink this all down. To, because during this whole process, and that's more of what we go into with the, the cheat sheet, is going through and actually tuning these campaigns so that you're not just you know you're not wasting money. You're getting rid of the stuff that's not performing well quickly, and you're constantly focusing Amazon's attention to say, show my ads for what I think is working best based off the numbers that are showing. Focusing in on the key metrics, um, we don't need there's. I mean, there's a lot of metrics that we can look at when it comes to advertising, but there's only uh, three that I really focus in on when it comes to really uh, having efficient use of my time in in optimizing and tuning each of these campaigns so that I'm not so I'm spending the least amount of time I can yet getting the best performance and the best market intelligence out of each campaign. That sounds amazing. So would you be willing to share what those three metrics are? Yeah, so the, the big three for me um, are related to the sales funnel. So if you think of, of the purchase process um, being like a sales funnel on Amazon, is that when a shopper searches on Amazon, they're going to get a set of organic listings and also ads. When they click through on our ad, they've essentially agreed to say like, okay, that 
ad is relevant to what I'm searching for. I made a search, this ad shown, I looked at it, I looked at the title, I looked at the photo and I said, you know what, That's that looks like what I'm looking for, I've clicked through. The click-through rate, which is basically the, the relationship between how many times my ad is shown and how many times people, that shoppers click through on my ad, is a strong indicator of how well our product and our ad is getting shoppers in the front door of our shop, if you will. So getting them in the front door is the first, first thing. You can't sell them unless they're in your shop, right? The second thing is the conversion rate. So, or what we call CVR. The conversion rate is how good of a job did our product do at actually uh, convincing the shopper that yes, in fact, um, this is the product that you were looking for and this is the best product um, as an option. Uh, so that would be the second one. That tells us how well we convert once we get them in, in the shop, right? And then ultimately, the, the long-term uh, one is going to be based off of profit. So profit would be the third metric. And the profitability, which is not ACOS for anybody who's thinking that that's the number we're talking about, uh, profitability is different because profitability actually takes into consideration your uh, sourcing and unit costs and the actual cost of selling on Amazon, which is not shown to you within, you know, campaign manager as an example, but is absolutely critical that you know, where is it that I'm break even uh, as far as my profitability for a product? And so I need to know how well of a job am I doing getting in the door, getting shoppers in the door? How well am I converting them? And then whether am I converting them profitably or unprofitably? is going to change as far as how I use that information. Brilliant. So thank you. That's a very, very nice, clear summary of, again, you know, this is a whole world of, of learning about this, but I guess what I what I want people to take away, apart from they can download the cheat sheet, which I'll give the, the address for a second in the URL, but to come away with some clarity of what it what the whole thing's about, what are we trying to achieve, what can we achieve, what is not sensible to try and achieve. So that's, that's fantastic, clear metrics. So click, clicks on the ad, so click-through rate, the conversion rate or CVR, and the profitability. And I, I like the fact that you're flagging up the ACOS is not profitability. Amazon gives you this false sense of security with the ACOS, doesn't it? As long as it's below a certain percentage, we feel like we're safe. And that, that doesn't relate to any kind of normal reality outside Amazon. So. <laughs> it, it can, but most most sellers don't ever take the time to figure out what their actual break-even cost of doing business is. They just say, oh, I'm selling units, so it must be working, and then they get the bill. Yeah. And they're just, they're just floored, like, going, I can't afford this. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm losing everything because I, I just started out and I'm selling this product and all, and, and I just got a thousand dollar bill for advertising when it shouldn't have been that. You should have yeah. been able to avoid that if you had followed the right structure, the right optimization, and had the right objectives in mind. You wouldn't have ever ran into that problem in the first place. Absolutely. Well, in order to help people avoid that and just once again flag it, there's a cheat sheet which uh, is available to all the listeners. Thanks to Brian and his team. So that's at amazingfba.com um, and FBA's um, Foxtrot Bravo Alpha environment, mypolicestuff.com forward slash Brian J B R I A N for November J for Johnson. So, uh, guys, check that out at all costs because this is a big confusing area. You need some guidance in this. Uh, Brian, thank you very much for uh, showing us all of that stuff. It's amazing stuff. There's a lot to absorb, but it's really important that we yeah. can't just kind of act like amateurs anymore and just kind of hope, right? Because we'll just lose yeah. money. So, exactly. last thing, I know there's a third piece to this which you're going to share with us in the next episode, which is a a whole new way of advertising which most people don't even know exists. Is beginning to raise its head above the parapet so we'll adjust yeah. that then so um in the meantime brian thank you very very much for all this amazing information awesome thank you for your time